Kilmeny of the Orchard, Chapter Ten. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Kilmeny of the Orchard, by Lucy Maud Montgomery, Chapter Ten, A Troubling of the Waters. One evening in late June, Mrs. Williamson was sitting by her kitchen window. Her knitting lay unheeded in her lap, and Timothy though he nestled ingratiatingly against her foot as he lay on the rug and purred his loudest was unregarded she rested her face on her hand and looked out of the window across the distant harbour with troubled eyes i guess i must speak she thought wistfully i hate to do it i always did hate meddling my mother always used to say that ninety-nine times out of a hundred the last state of a meddler and them she meddled with was worse than the first but i guess it's my duty i was margaret's friend and it is my duty to protect her child any way i can if the master does go back across there to meet her i must tell him what i think about it overhead in his room eric was walking about whistling presently he came downstairs thinking of the orchard and the girl who would be waiting for him there as he crossed the little front entry he heard mrs williamson's voice calling to him mr marshall will you please come here a moment he went out to the kitchen mrs williamson looked at him deprecatingly there was a flush on her faded cheek and her voice trembled mr marshall i want to ask you a question perhaps you will think it isn't any of my business but it isn't because i want to meddle no no it is only because i think i ought to speak i have thought it over for a long time and it seems to me that i ought to speak i hope you won't be angry but even if you are i must say what i have to say are you going back to the old connor's orchard to meet kilimany gordon for a moment an angry flush burned in eric's face it was more mrs williamson's tone than her words which startled and annoyed him yes i am mrs williamson he said coldly what of it then sir said mrs williamson with more firmness i have got to tell you that i don't think you are doing right i have been suspecting all along that that was where you went every evening but i haven't said a word to any one about it even my husband doesn't know but tell me this master do kilmany's uncle and aunt know that you are meeting her there why said eric in some confusion i-i do not know whether they do or not but mrs williamson surely you do not suspect me of meaning any harm or wrong to kilmany gordon no i don't master i might think it of some men but never of you i don't for a minute think that you would do her or any woman any wilful wrong but you may do her great harm for all that i want you to stop and think about it i guess you haven't thought kilmany can't know anything about the world or about men and she may get to thinking too much of you that might break her heart because he couldn't ever marry a dumb girl like her so i don't think you ought to be meeting her so often in this fashion it isn't right master don't go to the orchard again without a word eric turned away and went upstairs to his room mrs williamson picked up her knitting with a sigh that's done timothy and i'm real thankful she said i guess there'll be no need of saying anything more mr marshall is a fine young man only a little thoughtless now that he's got his eyes opened i'm sure he'll do what is right i don't want margaret's child made unhappy her husband came to the kitchen door and sat down on the steps to enjoy his evening smoke 
talking between whiffs to his wife of elder tracy's church row and mary alice martin's bow the price jake crosby was giving for eggs the quantity of hay yielded by the hill meadow the trouble he was having with old molly's calf and the respective merits of plymouth rock and brahma roosters mrs williamson answered at random and heard not one word in ten what's got the master mother inquired old robert presently i hear him striding up and down in his room as if he was caged sure you didn't lock him in by mistake maybe he's worried over the way set tracy's acting in school suggested mrs williamson who did not choose that her gossipy husband should suspect the truth about eric and kilmany gordon shucks he needn't worry a morsel over that seth'll quiet down as soon as he finds he can't run the master he's a rare good teacher better than mr west was even and that's saying something the trustees are hoping he'll stay for another term they're going to ask him at the school meeting to-morrow and offer him a raise of supplement upstairs in his little room under the eaves eric marshall was in the grip of the most intense and overwhelming emotion he had ever experienced up and down to and fro he walked with set lips and clenched hands when he was feeling wearied out he flung himself on a chair by the window and wrestled with the flood of feeling mrs williamson's words had torn away the delusive veil with which he had bound his eyes he was face to face with the knowledge that he loved kilmany gordon with the love that comes but once and is for all time he wondered how he could have been so long blind to it he knew that he must have loved her ever since their first meeting that may evening in the old orchard and he knew that he must choose between two alternatives either he must never go to the orchard again or he must go as an avowed lover to woo him a wife worldly prudence his inheritance from a long line of thrifty cool-headed ancestors was strong in eric and he did not yield easily or speedily to the dictates of his passion all night he struggled against the new emotions that threatened to sweep away the common sense which david baker had bade him take with him when he went a-wooing would not a marriage with kilmany gordon be an unwise thing from any standpoint then something stronger and greater and more vital than wisdom or unwisdom rose up in him and mastered him kilmany beautiful dumb kilmany was as he had once involuntarily thought the one made for him nothing should part them the mere idea of never seeing her again was so unbearable that he laughed at himself for having counted it a possible alternative if i can win kilmany's love i shall ask her to be my wife he said looking out of the window to the dark southwestern hill beyond which lay his orchard the velvet sky over it was still starry but the water of the harbour was beginning to grow silvery in the reflection of the dawn that was breaking in the east her misfortune will only make her dearer to me i cannot realize that a month ago i did not know her it seems to me that she has been a part of my life forever i wonder if she was grieved that i did not go to the orchard last night if she waited for me if she does she does not know it herself yet it will be my sweet task to teach her what love means and no man has ever had a lovelier purer pupil 
At the annual school meeting the next afternoon, the trustees asked Eric to take the Lindsay School for the following year. He consented unhesitatingly. That evening, he went to Mrs. Williamson as she washed her tea dishes in the kitchen. Mrs. Williamson, I am going back to the old Connor's orchard to see Kilmany again tonight. She looked at him reproachfully. Well, master, I have no more to say. I suppose it wouldn't be of any use if I had. But you know what I think of it. I intend to marry Kilmany Gordon if I can win her. An expression of amazement came into the good woman's face. She looked scrutinizingly at the firm mouth and steady grey eyes for a moment. Then she said, in a troubled voice, Do you think that is wise, master? I suppose Kilmany is pretty. The egg peddler told me she was, and no doubt she is a good, nice girl. But she wouldn't be a suitable wife for you. A girl that can't speak. That doesn't make any difference to me. But what will your people say? I have no people, except my father. When he sees Kilmany, he will understand. She is all the world to me, Mrs. Williamson. As long as you believe that there is nothing more to be said, was the quiet answer. I'd be a little bit afraid if I was you, though. But young people never think of those things. My only fear is that she won't care for me, said Eric soberly. Mrs. Williamson surveyed the handsome, broad-shouldered young man shrewdly. I don't think there are many women would say you know, master. I wish you well in your wooing, though I can't help but thinking you're doing a daft-like thing. I hope you won't have any trouble with Thomas and Janet. They are so different from other folks there is no knowing. But take my advice, master, and go and see them about it right off. Don't go meeting Kilmany unbeknownst to them. I shall certainly take your advice, said Eric gravely. I should have gone to them before. It was merely thoughtlessness on my part. Possibly they do know already. Kilmany may have told them. Mrs. Williamson shook her head decidedly. No, no, master, she hasn't. They'd never have let her go on meeting you there, if they had known. I know them too well, to think of that for a moment. Go you straight to them, and say to them just what you have said to me. That is your best plan, master. And take care of Neil. People say he has a notion of Kilmany himself. He'll do you a bad turn if he can, I've no doubt. Them foreigners can't be trusted. And he's just as much a foreigner as his parents before him. Though he has been brought up on oatmeal and the shorter catechism, as the old saying has it. I feel that somehow. I always feel it when I look at him singing in the choir. Ugh, I am not afraid of Neil, said Eric carelessly. He couldn't help loving Kilmany. Nobody could. I suppose every young man thinks that about his girl. If he's the right sort of young man, said Mrs. Williamson with a little sigh. She watched Eric out of sight anxiously. I hope it'll all come out right, she thought. I hope he ain't making an awful mistake, but I'm afraid. Kilmany must be very pretty to have bewitched him so. Well, I suppose there is no use in my worrying over it. But I do wish he had never gone back to that old orchard and seen her. End of chapter 10